Well, turn with me tonight, if you would, to the book of Acts, and I'll see if I can talk about healing. And if I don't, then I don't. Brother Hagin said, uh, Brother Kenneth Hagin, my spiritual father, uh, in heaven now, that years ago he was praying for some people to receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit, be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And he got to this one fellow and he noticed the guy was up there kind of looking around and his wife was behind him, kind of holding him there. And he, and he could tell this guy, he didn't know if this guy wanted to be there or not, you know. And he looked at, uh, he looked at him, he said, would you, you want to receive the, the Holy Spirit? So the guy looked back and said, if she say I do, I do. <laughs> <laughs> we want to be that way with the Lord. If He say we do, we do. <laughs> Whatever it is at the time. And to be easy and flexible for the Holy Spirit to work with. In Acts, are you there? Actually in the... Y'all didn't pick up the chapter already? Ninth chapter. I'd like my notebook there, please. If somebody would hand that to me. Thank you. Acts chapter 9. We've been going for 20-something weeks on the subject of receiving and ministering healing. And uh, there is a big area of the church, a big percentage and portion of the church that is uh, struggling with sickness and disease in their bodies. It's not like we've all arrived at health and wholeness. There's a, a big, uh, big need in this area. All of us have had things that we've dealt with. And uh, the curse is in the earth. Our bodies are mortal. And people don't always do everything they should do. And, uh, you know, there, there are three main reasons why Christians have sickness in, in their body. And problems in their body physically. Uh, more than that. But three, three main ones. One is ignorance. Many Christians don't know. That healing belongs to them. Many. I mean millions of Christians. Have never, they've never been taught it. They haven't heard it. If they did hear it in passing. They didn't believe it. Because of tradition. Remember Jesus talked about men's tradition. Making the word of God of no effect. And people will fight you. Over their right to be sick. It's a, it's a dumb thing. But they will. They'll fight you over their right to be broke. Foolish. But it's tradition. Been ingrained in people for so long. But many Christians don't know what belongs to them. They don't know that Jesus. When he bore our sins. Carried our iniquities. He also took our sicknesses. Amen. Carried our pains. He also was made poor. Right? He also bore the chastisement of our peace. How many understand that he went to the cross, spirit, soul, and body. He purchased a complete redemption for us, spirit, soul, and body. Amen. Have you been redeemed? Spirit, soul, and body. It's a wonderful thing. And... Uh, also, many Christians, their faith is just not at the place to appropriate healing. 
Even though you know healing belongs to you, you have to receive it by faith. And many Christians, their faith is just so weak that they're not in position to receive. Thirdly, many Christians are not in God's perfect will. You know, sometimes people like to leave the, the, uh, the idea and even say that everything that's happening in their lives is the perfect will of God. Bad things, uh, tragedies, uh, things that have stolen from them and destroyed and killed in their life. They'll try to tell you that God did that. They don't understand it, but He did that. But listen, to say that everything that has happened in your life is the perfect will of God is equal to saying that you've never done anything except the perfect will of God. Did you hear me? That'd be a big statement, wouldn't it? No, people have things in their life that's not the perfect will of God because they have failed to do the perfect will of God. And it opens the door to problems. Now, if you want God's perfect will Manifest in your life, you must commit to do and live His perfect will for your life. But health is for us. Healing is for us. Amen? I don't care what's wrong with you, you can be healed. I don't care how hopeless or impossible it may seem from the natural, you can be healed. And you can be whole. Is it true what Jesus said? All things are possible to him that believes. Is it? That's that's out of the mouth of the master. Then it's possible then in a short matter of time for all your symptoms to be gone. Did you hear me? And all the problems you've had with that be like a bad dream or something that happened to somebody else because you're so free from it and so whole and strong. Is it possible? It's possible to anybody? Uh Uh-uh. Just those that believe. (laughs) there's a reason I say that because not everybody does and will is it possible to get out of your financial problems to get caught up get come from behind get caught up and then get ahead is it possible to pay stuff off little things big things is it possible for you not talking about somebody else now for you To get to the place where you've got no monthly payments except just your regular, you know, utilities and stuff. I mean, you've paid everything off. Is that possible? Could could God get you to that place? Yeah, it's possible if, if you can believe it. Expect it. Reach for it. And I believe that I have some believers In this place tonight. I believe that. Well we have been going through account after account. We went through 20 individual accounts. In the ministry of Jesus. Recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. And we studied about how these people came to Jesus. And how. What was wrong with them. And how Jesus ministered to them. How they received healing. Because he's the same yesterday, today and forever. He never changes. Uh. If that's the way they received healing then, that's the way you and I receive it now. If that was the best way to minister healing then, it's the best way to minister healing now. So uh, 
We studied those 20, and now we've gotten into the book of Acts. At least we've been, we got into the book of Acts a little bit. And the Lord's been leading us different directions. But uh, we've seen in the book of Acts that what happened in Jesus' ministry was continuing to occur. After Jesus has gone to heaven and sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. In fact, let's back up and read this first chapter. Acts chapter 1. I said, well, I wish you'd just go ahead and preach on prosperity tonight. (laughs) No, you don't. You want us to be on exactly what we ought to be on tonight. Did you hear me? And you don't want me to be swayed by you. You want me to be led by the Holy Spirit. Now, you know why I said that, don't you? Okay, so we want what he wants, right? What's best for now. So you're believing with me? Amen. Do so. And you know me well enough to know if I get something strong in my heart, I'll do it. I'll just go that way. Acts 1 and verse 1. Acts 1, 1. The former treatise... Have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus, what? Began both to do and teach. Uh, Dr. Luke, the physician, was the one that uh, the Holy Ghost used to pen the Acts, the book of Acts. Also the one that God used to pen the gospel account of Luke. And he said, everything that I wrote to you in the gospel account of Luke was a record of all that Jesus, what? Began. Now what's he about to tell him? He's starting another book here. And he's going to tell him of what, what is continuing. Right. Amen. Amen. Through the church of the Lord Jesus. Yeah. He, you know, the, when Jesus said it is finished on the cross. He was talking about redemptive sacrifice. He was not talking about his work in the earth. And the ministry that he began, as we read in the book of Acts, we've, re- we've already read things that sounded exactly like what Jesus did in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I mean, it wasn't him doing it personally in the flesh. It was Peter, or it was uh, John, or, or Paul. But it looks just exactly like something Jesus would say or do. Why? Because it is something that Jesus is continuing to do through his body. Didn't he say, if you believe on me, the works that I do, you'll do also, right? Greater works than these shall you do because I go to the Father. So the ministry of Jesus was not finished. Talking about ministering to people, healing and deliverance and miracles. That was not completed when he went, uh, ascended and sat down at the right hand of the Father. It continues through his church. Healing continues. In the book of Acts, just like in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So let's, we studied about the healing of the blind man. Remember that? A few people did. Three people did. I guess I could go back and teach that one over again then. <laughs> the lame man at the gate beautiful. Now, for those of you that haven't been with us, we have tapes of all these previous accounts. And especially if you're desiring to feed your faith on healing and your standing, it help you to get, get this or something like this uh, and feed your faith. Faith comes by hearing, right? 
And if you're standing against a physical problem, you ought to feed your faith on healing regularly. You can't overfeed your faith. You can't get too strong in faith. No such thing. So they're available. But we looked at the lame man at the gate called Beautiful. Let's go to the next one here in the book of Acts. In Acts 9, the healing of Aeneas. You remember Aeneas? No. <laughs> well, let's get acquainted with Aeneas. In Acts, the ninth chapter, and the uh, 31st verse, Acts 9, 31. Let's pray and then we'll read this. Release your faith with me now. Father God, we thank you so much for your word, how precious it is to us. It's life to us, health and medicine to all of our flesh. Our eyes are not on each other tonight, our eyes are on you. We ask you, Lord, speak to us through your word and by your spirit. Minister healing to us. You, you sent your word and healed us and delivered us from destructions and death. Open our eyes and our ears and our heart to see, hear, understand, believe, and receive. Show us things we haven't seen. Remind us of things you've shown us before but we let slip or didn't do. And by your grace, we'll not uh, be forgetful, but we'll be doers. We'll put it into practice and act on it in Jesus' name. And we know as we do, we will be blessed. Get glory to yourself in our spirits and in our bodies, which are yours. Amen. Amen. Let's read verse 31. Then had the churches rest, Acts 9.31, throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified. How many understand the church is always supposed to be being built up in every way, spiritually and number-wise, financially and every, every way. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. And it came to pass, as Peter passed throughout all quarters, he came down also to the saints which dwelt at Lydda. And there he found a certain man named Aeneas, which had kept his bed eight years and was sick of the palsy. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ makes you whole. Arise, make your bed. Does that sound familiar? Those of you that have been with us in this study, we've heard this numerous times, haven't we? Rise, take up your bed. What does that sound like? Sound just like something Jesus would say. Why? Because it is something that Jesus is saying again through Peter. And he wants to say similar things through us. Amen. Jesus Christ makes you whole. Boy, I like that phrase, don't you? How many know this is Bible you're looking at? Said out loud, Jesus Christ, Jesus makes, you whole. makes you whole. You like saying that? How many believe there's power in these words? Say it again, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ makes, you whole. makes you whole. 
Glory. We'll say it again in just a few minutes, I think. Arise. Make your bed. Now that's one you can give your teenagers. (laughs) It is written. Get up and make your bed. Acts 9.34. (laughs) And he arose immediately. How many believe it happened just like this? Happened just, this is not a fairy tale. Happened just like this. And all that dwelt at Lydda and Saron saw him and what? Turned to the Lord. Oh, glory to God. It's the goodness of God. Right? That leads men and women, turns people to repentance. The goodness, not, not all this reasoning of men. And theologians and unbelieving preachers and Christians watering down the Bible. That doesn't turn people to the Lord. Nothing is said about people turning to the Lord. These eight years, this man was bedfast. But when he got healed, I said, but when he got healed, are you reading the same thing I'm reading now? When, when he got healed, didn't, didn't say he went and preached to all these people. What did it say? He got healed. And what happened? Read it out loud to me. Read that last verse. What happened when a man got healed? All. How many of us in the Bible does not exaggerate? So how many people in these communities? All where? Lydda and Sarah. Two, two towns, two whole communities came to Jesus as a result of a man being physically healed. And some people try to tell us we don't need these things nowadays. They passed away. It's not for us now. Friend, there is no better evangelistic tool than healing. When people see that God heals people physically, they know if He'll do something for them physically, He sure cares about your soul and your spirit, and He's a good God. He cares if you're hurt or not. He cares if somebody's bedfast or not. He's a good God. People want a God like that. The God people have heard about a lot of their life, they don't want Him. They've heard about a judging God, a hard God, a harsh God, a God that would blow your house away with a tornado and kill your daddy in a car wreck, steal your child with a disease to teach you something. That's what people have heard about. They haven't heard about this God. You don't see whole towns and cities turning to the Lord hearing that healing's been passed away. Hearing that God will blow your house away with a hurricane. But when somebody's raised up, somebody's healed. I've seen, uh, I remember a fellow, one time in one of our services years ago, he had been a hard man, a mean man, 
lived a hard life, outlaw, done everything that you thought of and a lot of stuff you shouldn't think of. And uh, he had hurt his back severely. And I forget what all of, maybe it was his leg and hip, I forget, but he had been severely injured, uh, probably should have been killed except by the grace and mercy of God doing something he shouldn't have been doing. And he was in one of our services and, and the Holy Spirit got in the chair with him and healed him. I'm telling you, he came up to me afterwards and big old crocodile tears Father, he, he was a big, tough, mean guy, supposed to be. He was crying like a baby. And he said, why would God heal me? I said, he's a good God. He said, but why would he heal me? I've been mean as a devil. I said, well, he, Christ died for the ungodly. You qualified. He said, but why would he heal me? I said, he's a good God. Question is, what are you going to do about it now? Now you know something about him. What does he know about you? He said, I want him. (laughs) Hallelujah. It's the goodness of God that turns people, leads people. How many know I'm not just making that up? That's Bible. Go to Romans. Let's read this for yourself. Some of you might not be familiar with that. Romans. What is it? Second chapter. Thank you, Lord. Second chapter, Romans 2. And verse 4. Romans 2 and 4. He said, Or despisest thou the riches of... Of his goodness. The what? How many like that phrase? The riches of his what? Goodness. Hold your place right there. And go over just a couple of chapters away to the 10th chapter. Very, uh, very familiar portion of scripture. Romans 10, 9 and 10. Right? But uh, you ought to read the next verse or two after it. He said, if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Verse 9, Romans 10, 9. Verse 10, with the heart man believes to righteousness, with the mouth confession is made to salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. Not going to be disappointed. Nobody ever trusted in him and didn't quit and was let down. Has never happened. He's not going to start with you. Did you hear me now? No one has ever put their faith in God, relied on Him, depended on Him, trusted in Him, looked to Him, expected from Him, and didn't quit and was disappointed. It has never happened. And it never will. I'm reading Scripture, am I not? Whoever believes on Him shall not be ashamed. Oh, I'm so glad that in this world of things that you can't always depend on, there is a God you can count on. He'll come through. How many will raise your hand and say, He's come through for me again and again and again and again and again. Some will say, yeah, but I, this certain thing didn't work. Well, I guarantee you it comes back to you. 
Hmm? But you, you don't know anybody that trusted God and he let them down. You never met anybody like that and you never will. Whoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. Verse 13, get this. Oh, excuse me, I skipped, skipped my verse. There's no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is what? Rich. 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 Unto all that call on him. He's rich. For whoever will call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Did you know that saved is the big word in the New Testament? That it means more than missing hell? Did you know that? Look it up in, in, your, in your dictionaries, like your Strong's and your Vines and Thayer's and whatever. Look it up sometimes, see what I'm talking about. It's the big word. One, one, not, not the, one of the big words. In the, it's kind of like the word grace. Grace is, somebody, people say, well, grace, what is it? It's unmerited favor. It's a lot more than that. Amen. And saves, being saved. When you said, I'm saved, you said a mouthful. Amen. You said a bunch. Saved. It's kind of like the great I am. He said, I am. Well, you am what? What do you need? He am. He am everything you ever thought about and dreamed about. And he am more than you ever imagined. He am. When you say, I'm saved. Saved from what? Well, what do you need to be saved from? Saved from hell? Saved from your sin? Saved from confusion? Yes. Saved from ignorance? Yes. Saved from hellfire? Yes. Saved from poverty? Yes. Saved from cancer? Yes. Saved from accidents? Yes. Amen? Yes. Saved. Yes. Everybody say saved. saved. Saved from going crazy? Yes. Saved from depression? Yes. Saved. Yes. Somebody say I'm saved. I'm saved. Saved from what? Anything bad, everything bad, and saved unto everything good. He's delivered me, has delivered me out of the power of darkness, translated me into the kingdom of His dear Son. Glory. Rich. Rich. I had a fellow meet me out in the parking lot one time years ago. thought he was going to try to hit me and beat me up. And you know what was over? This word, Rich. I used it too many times to suit him. <laughs> I kept saying, God will make you rich. God will make you rich. It's, it's rich in the Bible. Rich. I got to read some more to you then. Hold your place in Romans 2. Go to 2 Corinthians. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians, the eighth chapter. Can y'all take a little of this today? Yes. Tonight? Yes. Second Corinthians 8. Say rich. rich. Does it bother you to say rich? No. <laughs> say God is rich. God is rich. His mercy is rich. His mercy is rich. He's rich in goodness. He's rich in, goodness. He's rich in mercy. He's rich in mercy. His, will for me His will for me is for me to be rich. In every good thing. He makes me rich. 
Now see, that, that bothers religious heads. But it don't bother believers. It don't bother people that know God. Because they know He's rich. And they know His will is rich. Rich. Now you, don't, you do understand, there's a lot more to being rich than having money. There's a lot of folk that have money that are poor. They're poor people with money. You don't, even know, you don't even know how to enjoy money if you're not right with God. You can't even enjoy nice stuff if you're not right with God. God, the blessing of the Lord. Help me out, guys. You, you know this. The blessing of the Lord. Am I quoting scripture? It maketh rich. Rich. And he adds no Sorrow. Somebody says, oh, you know, having a bunch of money and just all the problems that come with it. Not when it comes the right way. It's not what you have. It's not how much money you have. It's not how many cars you have. It's not how many houses you have. It's how did you get them? How did you get them? If If you believed God, if you obeyed Him and you sowed your seed and He added them to you, Don't be embarrassed about them. Don't hide them. Let folks say what they want to say. If God, now, if you lied and stole people's money and did bad stuff, well, you ought to be ashamed of it. Right? And embarrassed about riding in it or wearing it or living in it. But if the Lord added it to you. I said, if the Lord added it to you. Glory to God. Then it's a blessing. And it maketh rich and there's no sorrow no sadness no sorrow no grief connected with it i sure like this tonight don't you i like talking about how good god is all the good things he'll do for you how rich rich the devil didn't invent rich i said the devil didn't invent rich it's a shame. People sing so many old hymns that didn't come from God. They're embalmed with unbelief. Oh, I don't want any of this world's riches. I do. Now, I'm not going to choose that instead of God. But if I'll obey God, He's told me He'll add all these things to me. He'll make me rich. Oh, I don't want any of this world's riches. Well, then you can't be a blessing materially. You can't give what you don't have. You can't help people with what you don't have. Have to have means. Have to have ability. Don't want any of this old world's riches. Do you want any of this old world's riches? Got any sense you do? Why do you go to work every day? Because you don't want any of this world's riches. Why do you make investments? Because you don't want any of this world's riches. Why do you check, see how that stock is doing or how that investment is doing? Oh, you want that check. Why? You want some of this whole world's riches. Well, the blessing of the Lord is what really makes you rich. Look at this, 2 Corinthians 8th chapter. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. He said, for you know the grace 
of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was, he was what? Rich. Rich. Yet for your sakes, for his sake? No, not for his sake. He didn't do anything at the cross for his sake. He didn't need to be saved. He didn't need to be forgiven and cleansed. He hadn't committed any sin. He didn't need to be set free from the curse. He didn't deserve everything he did. He did it in our place, in our stead, for us. And he was rich. How many understand that the Son of God, with God from the beginning, was rich from eternity past. Rich, we we don't know what rich is. The richest multi-billionaire, trillionaire on the planet does not know rich beside of heaven rich. God rich. God is rich. He come up with the idea. How many understand God invented rich? Rich is not something the devil came up with. God invented rich. I'm going to say that another few times. <laughs> Who came up with rich? You know, people talk about somebody wearing a nice ring or something. You ever look in the book of Revelation? The master has a gold band across his chest. But yay big. I don't reckon jewelry bothers him much. <laughs> Is that right? Big gold band. <laughs> Whew. We're not talking about 24 carat. This is way on out beyond 24 carat. God invented rich. The devil wants it. He wants all the money. Why? He don't want you to have anything. He wants you to be crippled financially. Why? Because in this world, money is control. Money is influence. Don't you doubt it. Money talks. You know it does. Money can open doors. Money can enable you to do things in this world. And the devil knows that. He wants all the control, so he wants all the money. But it's your money. The devil is an outlaw. He's a usurper. God didn't create all this for him. Hmm? I thought of another scripture I'm going to have to read to you. He said, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was what? Rich. Every time I find the word rich, you're going to say it out loud with me now, okay? Though he was rich. Yet for your sakes he became poor. Why? That you, through his poverty, might be rich. Rich. This sounds like Isaiah 53. Doesn't it? It sounds like he was made sin. Right? With our sin, 2 Corinthians 5, that we might be made his righteousness. Doesn't it sound like that? Why? Because it's the same redemptive language. It's part of his material uh, provision and financial riches. Is that part of redemption as well? Is it included? That was a little weak. Now, the reason being is people haven't thought like this like they should. 
It's part of our redemption. I mean, it doesn't get any plainer than what we just read. This is New Testament. Right? If this doesn't belong to us, what does? Was he made poor for us? Then have we been made rich? Then are we? Now you understand everything in God you receive by faith. You have to believe you've been made righteous before you look and feel like it. You got to believe you're healed. By stripes you're healed. You got to start calling yourself healed when you don't look and feel healed. Right? And can you do this? Can you, can you receive this and begin to call yourself rich while you don't look like it, while your accounts don't indicate it? But can you act like Abraham and God and call those things that be not as though they were and begin to say, He's made me rich. He's made me rich. Rich, 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 rich. He's made me rich. He's made me rich. He's a rich God. I'm a rich child of a rich God. Everything that's His is mine. Rich. He's made me rich. Now see, this is the breakthrough, friend. If you go around trying to get rich all the time, it means you don't believe you are. And you're not walking by faith. When are you going to believe you're rich? See, people get into the same scenario with healing, don't they? When are you going to believe you're healed? There are millions of people working for their salvation. When are they going to believe they're saved? Well, they don't know. They're going to see if they can do enough good works. That means you're lost. When you walk by faith, you're not walking by sight. When are you going to know you're rich? Don't be waiting on a number in your account. When you go, whoo, I got three million sitting in my account. I'm rich now. Money alone doesn't make you rich. God has already made you rich. You're just as rich as you are healed. In Christ, you're complete in Him. You're just as rich as you are righteous. What if you started talking that way? What if you just went around and I mean just regularly said, He's made me rich. Rich, 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 rich. He's made me rich. Instead of talking poverty, what if you talked rich? Well, we just barely making it. And you know, I just, I, uh, my granddad and them was broke, and daddy was broke, and mom was broke, and we always been broke. We poor, but we proud. God will deliver you from both conditions. But you got to quit talking poor and proud. Start talking rich. Friend, this is important. Teach this to your children. I said teach this to your children. Don't always be telling them we can't afford this. We can't afford that. What do you think? You think money grows on trees around here? We can't afford that. You're teaching them poverty spirit. Poverty mentality. You're not teaching them that they're rich. Now, I'm not saying go out and see how much debt you can get into. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about believing it in. Amen. 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 Just like you believe for your healing. Begin to say it. Begin to believe it. He's made me rich. I was was teaching along these lines some years ago. And afterwards, well, actually during the course of it, I... uh, 
I said, you know, parents don't always say to your children, we can't afford this. We can't afford this. I said, if your child's wanting something that you wouldn't mind them having, if you had the money, teach them faith. Don't say, we can't afford it. In other words, you're telling them, you can't have it because mama don't make enough money. You have made mama their source. You have limited your family to your yearly income. Mama, daddy, either or, both. Make some say, well, I make good money. You don't make as good as God. <laughs> you don't limit your family to your little job. Don't limit yourself to your little job. What if we limited our church building to the size of our congregation? Because people tried to tell us that. They, they said, well, now, Brother Keith... You want to start somewhere, you know. And and people say, well, how, how big is your congregation? Well, at that time, nobody. Zero. What you can have is not based on your job. It's not based on the people you know. It's based on your faith. You can have anything you can believe for. Anything. You don't have to have a clue how you could get it. All things are possible. I see some people smiling. You're getting this. Glory to God. You've heard me say this many times, but tonight you're getting it. I said you can have anything you can believe for if God is your source, not your little job. People talk about, well, I'm on a fixed income. You said it. You said it. You rule and reign in your life by your words and your faith. You call it fixed and you're fixed. We can't have this because of this. And we can't have this because we don't make enough money. And we can't have a house like that because we don't make enough. And we can't. Friend, I wish I could tell you and and had the liberty and time to describe to you the last several years of mine and Phyllis's life. (laughs) And all the things we now have that we couldn't get. Did you hear me? We've learned, if the Lord says, look at it, look at it. It doesn't make any difference. Look at it. Don't lie to people. Don't tell people you've got money you don't have. Don't make up stuff and pretend and, and, and pride. But so many times people want it. The Lord's trying to get something to people, and they won't even look at it because of the price tag. I've seen that happen so many times. It's sad because the Lord's trying to bless people. He's wanting to get it to them, but they won't even look at it. Because they've talked unbelief and they've talked poverty so long until it's just ingrained into their thinking. Oh, I wouldn't want that. I don't want a big old house like that. It's just so much to keep up with. Excuses. Excuses to be lazy in faith. Oh, I don't want that car with all them bells. You know, all that electrical stuff can start going bad on you later on. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Excuses. Excuses to be lazy in faith. We can't. Now, friends, 
are you listening now? Are you awake? I want you to treat this, this word like a cuss word. This word afford. I want you to treat it like a cuss word. If you're part of Faith Life Church, I don't want to hear you say this word. If you say it around me, I'll look at you like, what did you say? I'm going to take you to the bathroom. Wash your mouth out with soap. You didn't say that word, did you? What word is that? We can't afford. Don't say it. Did you hear me? Now, you, you might be, it might be a thing that your faith is not there for it yet. You might not be there spiritually. You might not be there faith. But don't say you can't afford it based on what? Why can't you afford it? What you just got through telling me is I can't have it. We can't have that. Why can't you have that? When you say I, we can't afford it, why can't you afford it? You just told me I, you can't have it. Why can't you have it? Because your job is your source. And if you can't see how to get it through your job, then you don't believe you can have it. Which means you're not walking by faith in your finances. You're walking completely by sight. And it's because people are that way, they teach their children that way. And they say, well, honey, I can't afford that. We can't afford this for you to, for you to go to this thing or for you to be involved in this project. or for you to, we, we can't afford that. You just got through telling them they can't have it. Why? Because mama don't make enough. They can't have it because daddy don't make enough. Well, then you're living totally by sight. And you're teaching them to live by sight. And you're teaching them that they're locked in a place because of a job. I, from decades now, I have not believed that. I believe that a man working at McDonald's at the drive-thru can drive a new Lexus. I believe it. Just as sure as I'm standing here. I believe a man uh, sweeping the floors, janitor at a high school, can live in a, in a three-story house. A new one. And have a new bass boat. Did you hear me? And I know from whence I speak. Because Phyllis and I began to get a hold of this years ago. And we began to sow. And we began to sow bigger. And we began to get our vision bigger. And think bigger. And talk bigger. And by the time I finished working... Uh, well, I resigned from uh, Kenneth Hagin Ministries. I was Phyllis and I were giving them more than they were paying me in offerings, and living in a nice house, driving new cars, had a new boat. You know, so that don't add up. It does when it comes from other places. When people hunt you down and say, God woke them up last night, told them to give you $10,000, it works. You don't have to lie. You don't have to steal any offerings. Did you hear me? Oh, glory to God. Somebody's getting it tonight. What word do we not use anymore? <laughs> That's good. Good enough. We can't say that, that, that word. 
the, the afford word. I, uh, I was teaching along this line some years ago, and, uh, and I said, you know, if your child comes up and says, you know, Mom, I'd like to have this, I'd like to have that, and you wouldn't mind them having it if you had the money in hand, I said, don't just look at them and say, we, we can't afford that, and, and don't, you know, do you think money grows on trees, and you think Mama's made out of money, you know? Don't, don't talk all this poverty stuff to them. If you really wouldn't mind them having it, look at them and say, well, honey, Mama believe with you. Daddy will believe with you. Got something you want to sow? Let's sow on this. And we'll pray a prayer of agreement with you. And believe with you for it. It's amazing how many people won't do this. You know why? They're afraid. Afraid. Little Johnny or Susie might be disappointed. It might not happen. Which means they don't believe it themselves. Have no faith. Well, this, uh, about two or three months later, I got a letter. And this mother wrote to me. Come to find out she was a single mom, three or four children. I think it was three. And she said her daughter wanted this certain kind of a bicycle. And she said, Mom, you know, and she showed her the picture. She said, you know, can I get this certain kind of bicycle? She wanted this bicycle. And, and, and her mother, just out of habit and years of tradition, she said, well, honey, I'm sorry but but we just can't afford, and she caught herself. She said, all right now, do I believe this or not? She said, well, baby, Mama will believe with you. The Bible said if any two of us agree as touching anything they ask, it'll be done for. You got something you want to sow? Well, the little girl got excited. She had a little friend, and she wanted to sow a, one of her favorite toys to her. So she went and gave that toy to this friend of hers. And I don't know, it was just a matter of weeks. And here comes in the mail a check to the girl. (laughs) Not to mom, to the little girl from an unexpected channel. And the same week, they're having a sale on that bicycle three blocks away. And the check was more than enough. They went, cashed the check, went to the back store, bought the little girl. She let the little girl do it. Yeah. Lay the money up on the counter. Yeah. Rode that bicycle home. Those little streamer things flying in the air. <laughs> Isn't that better than looking and say, we can't afford that. You think money grows on trees, Grandma? I don't make enough. You're always telling me what you No. Listen, that little girl will never forget that. Amen. And the great thing about it, she knows the Easter bunny didn't give her that bicycle. Amen. The tooth fairy didn't give her the bicycle. Amen. Santa Claus didn't give her the bicycle. Amen. Jesus Amen. gave her that bicycle, and she knows that. And if you can believe for a bicycle, you can believe for something else. You know how it works now. And if you use your faith, you know who your source is now. And you know you're not limited to mama or grandpa or the government or your workplace or your job. God is your unlimited source. Said out loud, God's my source. I can have anything. I can believe for. God is my unlimited source. Source. Amen. You believe that? 
<laughs> what happened to Aeneas? <laughs> Where are you at? Let's, let's read that one more time before we go back to Romans 2. What did it say? You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. What happened? Though he was rich, yet for your sakes, right? For your sakes he became poor that you through his poverty might be rich. Did he become poor? Then has he made you rich? Are you rich? Said out loud, he's made me rich. He's made me rich. You couldn't say it too much. You got to, because see, we were dealing with hundreds of years of unbelieving tradition taught to our parents and grandparents and great grandparents. We got to get our mind renewed. Amen. So that we quit thinking poor. We quit talking poor. We talk rich. Rich. I don't care what you're living in right now. I don't care how bad it looks or how low you may be. I know. I know. Phyllis, start, Phyllis and I started out in a 1969 Marriott mobile home. The furnace didn't work. The stove didn't work. It didn't have any insulation in it. I mean, when it got cold outside, it got cold inside. We got up one morning and, and, and uh, in, in the bathroom, the, the water in the toilet is a solid block of ice. <laughs> That's where we started. And a broke down Vega. And we graduated up to an 88 Oldsmobile. Used, of course. Greatly used. But friend, I'm telling you, the Bible said he takes people from the dung heap and he sets them with princes. Hallelujah. I don't care where you're at. If you'll look up from where you are and say, I believe it, God. I believe it. I believe it is your will that I be blessed. I believe you can get me up from here. I believe you made me rich, 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 rich. <laughs> I hope you like sermons about being rich because that's what it is tonight. Not my intention, but that's what it is. If he say we do, we do. <laughs> Go back to Romans. Then I got two more for you. Romans 2. Romans 2, 4, he said, do you despise, despisest thou the what? The riches of his goodness and forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. So that's how we got here, you remember? Aeneas got healed. Remember that? You hadn't forgot that, had And then what happened? All that dwelt in Lydda and Saron saw it, knew about it, and what happened? What did they see? They saw the riches of God's goodness 
and taking a man that had been bedfast for eight long, miserable years and raising him up off that bed. And they said, I want that God. And the goodness of God led them and turned them to repentance and the whole two cities and communities turned to the Lord. That's why we talk about healing around here. That's why we talk about prosperity around here. Because God is good. We want everybody to know. Don't believe those lies you heard about God. He's a good God. You never find anybody any better than Him. He loves you. He cares about you. He'll bless you beyond your wildest imagination. He'll pay you a lot more than you're worth. He will. Oh, He'll bless you. He'll just bless you. He's got things planned for you that'll just absolutely boggle your mind. My, my, my. Go, go over to uh, Psalms. Two, two more places, I think. Thank you, Lord. I tell you what, uh, be finding First uh, Timothy first. First Timothy six. Thank you, Lord. You got a couple of more minutes? And then Psalm one fifteen. Actually, read Psalm first. You got to let me change a little bit on this. You got no notes on this. <laughs> but if he say we do, <laughs> we do. Say rich. You do understand that it's not just what Brother Keith's saying tonight. That's what the Holy Spirit is saying. Rich. Get that word in your spirit. Amen. And, and, and apply it all through your life tonight and tomorrow and the next day. Use it as many ways as you can. Rich. Rich. You sit in your chair and go, rich. God is rich. Oh, He's rich. He's made me rich. Not, not maybe some way, someday... Uh, way out in the future, I might get rich. No, I am. He has He has made me rich. Did He become poor? And He said He did that so that we might be made rich. Has it happened? It has happened. Then we are. Just as rich as we are righteous. Just as rich as we are healed. It happened in the same redemptive work. Say it again. He has made me rich. Rich. He's made me rich. I ain't poor no more. I'm rich. Psalm 115. Psalm 115 and 12. The Lord has been mindful of us. Are you there, Psalm 115? 115, 12. He will what? He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. Is the Word of God God talking to you? Then take it personally now. The Lord shall increase you more 
and more you and your children. You are blessed of the Lord which made heaven and earth. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's. But the earth has he given to the devil. Huh? All this worldly goods. Earthly treasure. That belongs to the devil and his bunch. right? We don't want any of that. We don't want in this earthly. <laughs> but you know why I say that, don't you? Because I, I'm not talking about history. People are still singing songs like this in their church services every week. Did he give the earth and the fullness of it, the cattle on a thousand hills, the riches in the mountains, the reach, did he give it to the devil? And his, but no, it's in their hands illegally, wrongfully, and, and, and mo- most of the church has been convinced to s- just sit by and sing kumbaya. And, and realize, well, you know, I don't want any of this world's good. Well, you believe that and you say that for centuries, you're going to be broke. But he's given it to us. The earth is ours. He's given to the children of men. Said out loud, He will increase us more and more, us and our children. Now go to 1 Timothy 6, and I think I'll close with this. (laughs) Aeneas did get healed, you know that, right? We read that already. And two whole cities turned to the Lord because they saw the goodness of God. What do, can you see the goodness of God in other areas besides healing? Certainly you can. Certainly in forgiveness of sin. Saving your spirit and your soul. Giving you joy where you had depression. Amen. Sparing your life from accidents, disease and problems. And in material blessing. You, you do understand what a big deal material things are to people in the world isn't it it's huge to many of them it is their god right that's why a lot of them have not been interested in christianity because they've thought to be a sold out christian and to be holy is to be broke i've talked to people more than once people that ran from the ministry but because i don't want to be broke you don't have to be broke Christians are supposed to be the richest people on the planet. Amen. Amen. Well, I don't, I don't like all this. Well, I'm not going to come to your house and try to make you get it. <laughs> and if you come back another time, I might preach on healing. Amen. <laughs> you didn't like this sermon, come back. It'll probably be something else. But I'll just warn you, it wouldn't be too long. This will come back up again because that we believe this around here. Amen. 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 And I think it's evident too. God's blessing it for a church year and a half old. And the stuff that we've already blessed other people with and we've given to other people and he's done for us. I mean, people say, well, I don't, you know, all that stuff doesn't work for us. Well, do you believe it? Do you preach it? Or do you talk against people who do? These signs follow them that believe, yeah. not those who talk against those that believe. Amen. 
People, people need to understand when you're talking bad against prosperity, you, you're, you, you're not just talking against men. You're talking against the Lord. Amen. Rich is God's idea. Amen. Right? Amen. The devil didn't come up with rich. Amen. Rich is from God. Amen. Read this. See if you like this. 1 Timothy 6. I think I'm closing. 1 Timothy 6. 17, charge them that are what? Rich in this world to get rid of those riches because you can't serve God. Huh? No, no. Charge them what? Don't be high-minded. Don't trust in uncertain riches. Don't put your faith in money. But... Put your faith, trust in the living God who what? Who what? Gives us richly only the basest of necessities. Well, now God didn't promise you all you want. He told you he'd give you your needs. You ever heard that? Amen. That ain't scripture. Right. Numerous places he told you he'd give you your desires. Right. If your heart's in him, your focus is in him. <laughs> it's amazing how mixed up folk are on these things. Not surprising, the devil's lied to us for centuries. But people think, well, I've had people ask me, you know, I got a, years ago, uh, in Tulsa, I wanted some video games and pinball machines. I wanted some. I liked them. I thought they were cool. So I claimed some. And I had sold things to other people, so I claimed some. Well, a year passed. Everybody say a year. year. And then another year passed. Everybody say two years. two years. But I kept expecting them. And a fella called me from Georgia. This is when I was out in Tulsa. And he said, hey. He said, do you like pinball machines? I said, yeah. He said, do you like video games? I said, yeah. He said, do you like, uh, what was that other one? Fushball table? I said, yeah. He said, I'm going to send you some out on a truck. I said, how much? He said, nothing. And the Lord had just blessed us with a nice house there. And it had this outside area that was by a pool. Perfect to put pinball machines and uh, video games. And so I'd stand out there and play pinball in my swimsuit sometimes. Ain't nobody out there but me. Somebody said, said, now what purpose does that serve? Why do you need that? Got scripture for it right here. Huh? You don't need no pinball machine. Got scripture for it right here. Trust in the living God who gives us, gives to us richly 
Richly. What? Not just basic necessities. All kind of things. Richly. All kind of things to what? If I enjoy it, that's all the purpose it has to serve. To meet the criteria in this scripture. I enjoy it. Oh, glory to God. I wound up giving all of them away. But I got some more now, too. <laughs> Give and you shall receive. Hallelujah. He gives us richly, richly, all things to enjoy. Say it out loud. He's made me rich. He's made me rich. I'm in a season right now of harvest. Of reaping riches, blessings, so I can be a blessing. God's going to use you to bless some other people. Amen. You, God's going to use you because you're, you're not tight and you're not stingy and you're not cramped in your mind by unbelieving tradition. God's got to have some people like you and me. Because he's got some folk believing for some things. And they're not base necessities. It ain't a matter of life or death. But they're believing for it. And so God is going to use somebody to get it to them. Amen. He's going to use you. And me on some of these things. He'll tap you on the shoulder and say, oh, go, go take them and buy that for them. Go do this for them. Go, go buy that and send it to them. Did you hear me? And, and, and God is going to use you. To, do, to express love to people. Amen. And people will, be, people will be sitting there on the beach. On the vacation you paid for. Did, that you sent them on. Out of your pocket you sent them on it. And they'll be sitting there crying on the beach. Tears of joy about how good God is to them. Thank you God. I didn't have to have this. And the Lord will say I love you. You're precious to me. And you will have been the tool, the vessel, the vehicle that he used to express that. Amen. 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 You'll put a nice piece of jewelry on somebody. Yes. Amen. And they'll look at go and go, oh, no, no, no. I can't accept that. You go, yeah, when I fasten it, it'll be on you. And you just walk away with it. Yeah, yeah you can. Oh, glory to God. Why? Because He's a good God. He's a rich God. And He's going to manifest His goodness and His riches through you. You're going to bring, God's going to use you to bring some light into some people's life. It's been dark and they've been dealing with some bad stuff. And you're going to walk in and God's going to breathe fresh air on them and fresh oil on them. And they're going to get free and they're going to get excited because, man, if God will do this for me, this wouldn't be necessary. If God will do this, He'll sure do this other thing and they'll get back in faith. They'll get encouraged and come on up. Amen. I tell you, it seems like everywhere I go lately, people tell me, they say, you know, they don't go here. But they said, somebody at your church bought my lunch the other day. Somebody at your church bought me a dress. Somebody at your church paid for me some tickets. Somebody at your church sent me on this. Somebody at your church made a car payment for me. 
Boy, that is music to Brother Keith's ears. Makes me smile all the way home. I'm thinking, yeah, yes, yes. Why? The goodness. Somebody said, well, I thought we ought to be about reaching souls. That's what I'm talking about. That's the goodness of God. We're not talking about bribing people. We're not talking about trying to buy anything. There are no strings attached. It's a gift. Amen. Out of love. And when people see the goodness of God, it grabs a hold of their heart and it pulls them and turns them to God. Can you say amen? Stand on your feet and lift your hands. Begin to thank God because He is so good. Thank Him because He's so good to you. And because He's going to use you. Oh, He's going to use you to exhibit and manifest goodness to others. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, He is. Yes, He is. He's going to use us. He's already used us, but He's going to use us a lot more. Giving us richly, richly, richly all things to enjoy. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just praise Him some more because He's so good. So good, so good, so good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're so good, so good.